0: Welcome to the Life and Rhythm podcast, where we hope to
1: equip rhythm communities to be formed by God, with one another, for the good of others, in the valley as it is in heaven.
0: All right. Well, welcome back to the Life and Rhythm podcast. We have a special guest with us today, Mr. Isayez Gabriel from the Dominican Republic. You guys heard from him. Uh, if you were attending our Easter service, we highlighted Go Ministries and talked about our partnership with Go going forward. We didn't give a lot of detail, and that was on purpose because we're going to be sharing more and more about that through our podcast and other avenues, such as our equipping gathering. And, um, and also our website will have all the information that you need to know about our partnership with Go going forward. And so it is a privilege to call Isaiah a good friend of mine for how long now, Isaiah? Have we been uh, friends over 10, 10 years? So. 11 yeah. years.
1: Yeah. That we, that we can remember.
0: That yeah. we can remember. That's right. So Isaiah's been a, a really good friend of mine for over a decade. Me and Sherry uh, love him and his family, Lene and Troy and Logan. And so I just want to just kick off just asking you a question about what's life like right now as a dad and as a husband to two young strapping young men. (laughs) How's that been going?
1: It's been going good, man. Um, The pandemic has taught us a lot of things. Uh, It it has, it has definitely worked on my patience. Um, Troy is four and Logan is two. So, having Troy now being at school and being home all day, you know, it it can be a little challenging. Um, And we still have to work and do different things. So, you know, it's been been a lot. He's been loving it, though, because he he loves spending time with us in the house. But we want school to reopen, (laughs) which in Dominican is going to open next school year. So pray for us.
0: It's going to be a long summer, right? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so, uh, and remind me how long you and Linnea have been married now. <clears throat> this year is going to be eight years. Eight years of marriage. So you've gone through the seven-year itch, is what they call it. Uh, so mm. you've you passed that. What? What? How would you define this season of marriage for you guys?
1: Uh... We just been learning, man. Learning a lot. And every time that we every time that we get a chance to to sit down with an older couple, friends of us and just ask for different advice on on parenting, which is the season that we're learning a lot now. Uh we take all the advice that we can, man, because he's a different monster, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So every day we're learning new things and Trying to apply them little by little, you know how that goes.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, well, it's a big part of of being a life, and, you know, living a life that's that's kingdom focused is is not neglecting your home life. You know, it's every area of life is is redeemed and renewed and restored for God's glory and the good of other people, and the other people often if we're not careful can be those outside of our, the walls of our house. But yeah. you know, so much of what we do includes those that are within the wall. So I, I would, I'm going to throw you a curveball here. I, we didn't talk about this question, but what is, uh, what is something that you've been learning about? You, you spend, you're spending a lot of plates, you know, you are um, a director of residency within go ministry, specifically under the church planning side. Um, you host teams of uh, people that come down on short-term mission trips. Um, you have so much going on with work. You also teach on a regular basis at your, at your church, Central Church, and you're a part of a community. Um, I'm sure you're part of a small group. So there's a lot of things going on um how do you how do you set some boundaries what are some good things that you guys have been doing some rhythms that you've been trying to practice lately just to make sure that you're keeping things in check with you and your family and and keeping that good um i often say there's no such thing as balance but there's calibration there's seasons where we recalibrate and we have to focus on some certain areas of life um but what are some areas of life that you're focusing in in on right now
1: Uh, That's a really good question, man, Um, because, you know, in the leadership position that we are, we get to work with a lot of pastors, with a lot of leaders. And I grew up in church, and I've seen a lot of leaders in the past get burned out, um, giving giving everything to the church and then giving whatever is left to the home life when they get home. So um, I am like... My prayer is, like, I want my kids to be safe. You know, I want my, I want my marriage to be good. Um, but for me to, to ask for that, there are things that I had to work on. I had to be intentional in different things. Some of the, you know, we all know the importance of, like, having the devo time, having the prayer time. We, we all know that. But there is so much more than that, man. Like, something that fills us, um, I don't know how to explain this, but like for me and for Linné, something that fills us with life is to get together, like for me, to get together with, with my boys in a small group setting. During that time, I don't have kids running around. I don't have, it's just hanging out, talking about the word, and, and, and it's a, uh, stress goes away during that time. For her, she has a uh, young mom's Bible study and for her that helps her a lot because they they speak about their struggles they help each other with with in communication and for her and for me all week long we're looking forward to that time like we're like we're gonna i'm gonna see my boys tonight you know what i mean and that's one of those things that has helped us especially now during the pandemic uh we had to change all our rhythms we had to change everything And like I say, I had two kids. I had one that as soon as he started walking and running, he turned into a different monster. So that changes a lot. Uh, One of the things that I like to do is to go to the gym. I understand that that that's a need that I have just to, you know, get stressed out, uh, uh, you know, release stress and to, to, just get out of the 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 rhythm of kids running around. But I also had to learn, like, you know, my wife is at home with two little kids. So I cannot be at the gym uh, for as long as I used to be in the past, right? So it got to a point, bro, that she didn't have to say anything to me. It was just me being conscious of, like, she needs a break, too. So now I had to like buy some dumbbells and stuff and work out at home <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I don't want to be rushed when I go to work out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Things like oh, yeah. that. Like play, like I used to play softball twice a week. I love playing softball. But every time that I play softball, you know, it's four, four or five hours in a doubleheader. Yeah. She's at home with the two kids. So eventually I stopped playing softball. Yep. And... Uh, one of the rhythms that I just started during the pandemic, we, I just started playing softball again on the regular basis on Saturday afternoons. And that's something that for me, I need that to look forward to because all week long, bro, you know, uh, you know, you know, you know ministry life during, during the weekend is when we work the most. Where people are hanging out, those are the times where we are like more invested in people. So I'm like, I need to a soft, go to a softball game and just hang out. But then I have friends that invite me to play Sunday afternoon. And I'm like, I can't, you know, so it's like putting those boundaries and yeah. keeping that balance.
0: <laughs> well, I think that's encouraging to our listeners yeah. because, you know, all of our disciple makers are, you know, full-time jobs, full-time moms, you know, different circumstances, situations of life. And, and what's, what we talk about a lot is the fact that we um we're not called to be something that we're not you know god has placed you in a place right now with two little kids and we're gonna hear you know hear them talk on the podcast right now hey, right now right now and so that's hey, good go back to your room you know nice no, nap. He want hey he just wants to be he just wants to be on the podcast that's all
1: that's it I don't want him to be the podcast
0: that's one the boundary that's one the boundary that's right but yeah I think that's encouraging mm. for our listeners just to know that you know um, whether you're stateside or you're <laughs> a missionary in the Dominican Republic you know the, the life doesn't just stop for ministry but life. Is ministry, and there's opportunities in in every area, facet of life, wherever you live, or wherever you work, or wherever you play, that God can show up in a really cool way, and He wants to use you in that moment uh, to to really be a vessel for the gospel, to be an ambassador of the gospel, um, and it doesn't stop. You know, nothing nothing about the gospel is just. Put on hold. Um, in fact, it exposes every area of our life to be submitted to the Lordship of Jesus. And so that's a beautiful thing. And that includes our parenting, includes our marriage, includes all those things that you spoke about. And really appreciate you sharing a little bit more about that. So um, on Easter, we talked about kind of the history of GO Ministries. And uh, I'm going to include a link. In the 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 um, show notes of of that video, so we're not gonna go in a bunch of detail. But Go Ministries been around for thirty years, so since you were you know a little kid, that you pretty much only know Go Ministries. I remember a lot of conversations with some uh, some people that have been you know taking trips for a long long time. You know, some of their first memories was little Isaiah's running around, you know, with the groups, and now you know, now you're married with two kids and and now you have a significant leadership portion of of the ministry and what you guys are doing and specifically i want to talk about church planning so you guys um we we've been a part i've been a part of go for a long time i've seen different iterations of go (laughs) over the years specifically over the last you know 10 11 12 years so um and there was a model of church planning that was very prevalent on the island um and then it's kind of adapted over the years to where it is today and I think you mentioned in the video it went from like 18 churches to now you're in over 130 communities on the island and now you're off the island and you're looking at you know expanding into Mexico and Argentina and Puerto Rico and all these different places including the United States which also includes the valley or Uh, Rhythm, And so that's exciting for us to partner with you guys in that way. But I would just love for you to speak into that evolution, kind of the thought process behind it, what you started with, what that, what you learned from it and then where you are today.
1: You know, you, you mentioned me growing up in the ministry. I have been blessed to be surrounded by leaders that were intentional with everything that they did around me and with me. So that's something that I am trying to do now with the people that I surround myself. So we had in the past uh, some pastors that were doing some key things without even knowing. You know, like like not intentionally thinking about it, we're just loving on people. And we basically say, what if we do that that so-and-so is do it and doing, which is what we learned from the book of Acts, you know, by the love that they show each other, uh, God was going to bring those who were going to be saved. It wasn't by the good sermon. It wasn't by the way that I speak. It was by the love that we show to each other. So I'm like, how can we do that and, and make the kingdom grow? So that has, that's what has been happening, man. Um, intentionality. Like, something that I mentioned to you in the past is Many churches have the idea of, let's create a building, make it beautiful, make nice events, and people will come to us. Mm -hmm. And then we preach Jesus to them. And that model worked for some people. But what ended up happening is a lot of people in the island had the mentality of like, man, I want to go to the church, but not ready. I have a lot of, I'm still screwed up in my life. There's a lot of things that I need, I need to fix before I come to the building. Because for many people, the building was the church. So we're like teaching, being, we're being intentional about like, hey, we are the church. Wherever we are, that's where the church is. So instead of us making big, beautiful events, there's nothing wrong with doing that, you know? But instead of us focusing all of our, Energy in the Sunday service, let's focus our energy in the week, in the work side. Everywhere we go, how can we be Jesus to the people that we're surrounded with? Because, you know, we can build buildings, build churches, like you might say, and have a few disciples. But if we work on having disciples, we're always going to have a church, you know? Thanks. So that has been the, Thanks, the mind switch that has happened. And another thing was the mentality was the pastor was the head macho, you know, like the the leader of leaders, the guy that did it all. So with that mentality, you have one guy doing everything. And the pattern that we started seeing is that other leaders in the church were not developing, were not growing. Uh, we saw in that pattern a lot of, Pastoral families being destroyed because the pastor, his heart was in the community, but he was not in his family. So we are like, first of all, you know, you guys are a team, you know, you gotta love your wife <laughs> and then you gotta learn to love your family, and time in your family. And then whenever you see somebody in your church that has potential, you know, pour on that person so they will grow. You know, because as pastors, that's what we're called to do—to—to to, uh, what's the word? Develop, um, teach, so the body will grow. That's what we got to do. So that's what we—that's what—that's what has been happening, bro. And and now we have churches that are being planted. And and I wanna be careful how I say this, but we are having churches that are being planted while they are pregnant. So what happens is when a church is planting a new community with a set of leaders that have that vision, you are not, you're planting one church, but in less than a year, that church is planting another one. So that's how the movement has been exploding, has been multiplying with that mentality of, am I gonna go or am I gonna send somebody, Mm. you know?
0: that is so good man i love i love so much of what you said there and we talk about it from the standpoint of when exactly what you said when we disciple it's out of discipleship that the church emerges that the church actually comes out of that and is formed and i love 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 the idea of you know a church that is that is planted or that is birth is is actually birth pregnant like that there's this anticipation of something else to come, uh, not that it's arrived by just the one church being there. Because what
1: what happens when you do that, man, is in the past, when a church will uh, multiply, it was multiplied by division. You know Uh what I mean?
0: So talk talk more about that. Talk more about that. Well, I think
1: I've seen over the years leaders Pastors that see leaders coming up in their church, and they are afraid of that leader taking their spot. So they mm. basically say, "This guy wants to divide my church, and mm. you know, <laughs> kick them out to send them to some place to plant a church." But it's, not, it's because they don't want him around. But now it's like we have realized that the 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 difference between division. And multiplication is the blessing. So, like, if you send out somebody, you prepare them with the blessing of, like, we're going to bless you as a church. We're going to send you. Uh, let's, let's send a few families with you. Let's do this. We're doing this with you. You send that person with the blessing. That's a multiplication that is going to happen again. You know, that's a multiplication that that pastor is going to go somewhere else. And it's not... It's not gonna have an enemy. It's gonna have an ally. That whenever they run into troubles, they they have they know that they can come back and talk and have mentorship and have a coach and have a leader that's always gonna be there for them. You know, so yeah, it's it's beautiful, man, to see to see what, what was happening, what
0: God is doing through that. Oh, that's awesome, man. Um, talk a little bit more about <laughs> the distinction between the paid professional pastor. Um, So in the past, there was uh, a great emphasis on partnering with pastors, you know, to raise support um, so that they can be full time pastors of churches. And now that, that it doesn't mean that that doesn't exist. I know that that still does exist on some level, but there's this there's this overwhelming iteration of pastors that are within their community that are also still full-time workers, you know, still have full-time jobs, but that are also pastoring their community. So talk a little bit about that, what you've seen. Um, You know, obviously there's a lot of strengths in that. Just talk a little bit about what's working, Uh, but also speak into like the struggles of that, you know, what you've seen from the paid professional to, you know, the person that is still working, but also, you know, pastoring a community.
1: What I have seen in 30 years is that, um, you know, organizations get behind people because they believe in them and say, hey, we're going to find, we're going to fully support you so you can do what God has called you to do. But what we have seen is that some people have the heart of gold and they are like, let's do it. And they do a good job, but others They take advantage of that. And instead of spending more time working on the church, they go out and find another job and try to like just, and then you're like, okay, where is your heart? Is your heart in the people or in the money? We believe that. We believe if if your heart is following what God is calling you to do, to invest in people, the money, man, is not going to be a problem because God is is the the owner of gold, man. He's the king of kings. You know, like, we're his children. Like, when people have their hearts in the right place, God is going to provide. And I have several examples. We we, we understand, Adam, that, like, we have this dream of planting a thousand churches in 10 years. It's going to be really hard to find, you know, people to fully fund a thousand pastors. Mm -hmm. So we realize, we're like, hey, Paul in the Bible, he had his job, and he still was like the greatest missionary that ever lived. He planted how many churches? You know, we are here because of Paul's work with yeah. the church. So why cannot we multiply and do that today? And we started doing that, you know, like there are pastors that have their jobs that, you know, uh, start planting a church while having a job. And we're like, okay, how can, we be, how can we get behind you and support you so you don't have the load of the church on you? Because we understand right. that you have to provide for your family. That's important. But keep your job. We're going to help right. you so the church keeps going forward. And, That's you know, dude, we, have, we have guys that without receiving a penny from a mission organization in the last three years have planted three, four churches. No, we have awesome. no funding, you know, just with awesome. training, training, like, hey, teach your congregation how to give, how to get behind different things. And we're here to train you. And the day is going to come that if we have somebody that wants to support you, we, if we believe that you are a leader of leaders, we understand that. It might, it might come a time where you're going to have to quit your job so you can focus completely on this because we need you in this you know so instead of supporting a thousand pastors what if we what if we support imagine if we support you know 70 100 pastors but we know that leaders of leaders that are going to develop others you know so little by little man that has been happening and it's it's mind-blowing man because it's not the model that that we have seen happening in the island before, you know? So it's something new. And people at first are skeptical, like, hmm, how is this gonna work? You know? Mm-hmm. But they see now they have different examples of different people that are doing it and they're like, okay, if God is calling me, he he will, he will get behind me,
0: you know, like <laughs> because they see it happening. <laughs> Well, I resonate with that and and I know our listeners resonate with that. <laughs> people that are involved with uh, rhythm community, it, it, you know, we 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 say it all the time. It it, it seems like we're crazy, you know, because there's not that many people doing this particular thing in America. And just as you stated, there's not that many examples because where where does the example come from in most countries? The example comes from missionaries from America that went to those countries and so those countries just adapt the model that is sort of the western model or that that prevailing model and and so yeah we feel like we're right there with you just how is this gonna work you know there's a lot of skepticism uh even from you know matt and I w- shared openly about this like man we we go it's kind of like mm-hmm. a roller coaster and there's there's really days there it's like, man, there's highest of highs and, you know, things are working and it seems like everything's, you know, in a row and then there's days where it's like, is anything working at all? <laughs> like, is, is you know, it's like, what do we do with that? So,
1: this one's for you, this one's for me.
0: Troy is, is now on the podcast and he <laughs> is, did he give you some shampoo or what was He's that? doing, he's
1: doing a special appearance. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the guest appearance that's a uh, hairspray i'm guessing that's oh. not yours <laughs> i don't have any <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh tell me a little bit about uh the resources so you talked a little bit about okay hey so do <clears throat> your job but what we want to do is we want to come alongside you want to resource you want to help you um on the church side so talk a little bit about that what you guys have started, what you guys are working on, and what you guys are going toward uh, in the future?
1: Well, you know, the gold ministries uh, is divided in four different fams. One fan is sports ministry. Uh, the other one is medical, gold medical, um, church planting, and community development. So what happens with all these things is, uh, you know, we provide sports ministry to their pastors that see the the the, the need of, of doing uh, sports ministry in their churches but they don't have the resources they don't have the the basketball they don't have the, the net uh, they don't have the coaches we're like we got you we're going to help you but the only reason why why like sports ministry would jump on that is because we're planting we want to plant a the church there or we have already assisting church that just needs us to get behind what they're already doing to connect with the community. Same thing happens with Go Medical. You know, there are pastors that say, hey, we have a lot of people in need. And uh, and medicine here is a big problem because people, many people don't have a way to pay for, to see the doctor or to buy medicine. So we will bring medicine, give it to them for free. And we have our clinic that we bring people to our clinic. But we do that all through our local leaders, you know, because our desire is not for them to say, oh, Go Ministries did this, did that. We want them to say the church, the local church help us with this. You know, That's awesome. we have like, we have some, some pastors that have been starting churches in different communities where um, they saw that the need was houses that didn't have concrete floor. Something, something simple like that, but it's a big need, man. You know, imagine those houses when it rains is you're stepping in mud inside your house. That's not fun. Mm-hmm. Well, we have some pastors in some communities that they see that and they're like, "Okay, let's get let's talk to community development and have them help us go pour the concrete for that house." We had there, there is one pastor that have done that in like fifteen houses, mm. or just just making like an outhouse. Uh, I don't know if you guys know what an outhouse is, but (laughs) there's some communities here that don't have running water, and that's all it works for them. And when they don't have an outhouse, they have to, you know, use the bathroom in the bag and go throw that bag somewhere. So, like, the the, the pastor, this guy is planting a church in that community, and he's like, how do I connect? You know, uh, how do I get behind the needs of this community? So... He started building outhouses to different people, and now his church is, is 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 growing. And because he already connected with the needs of that community, and because of that connection, that opened the bridge, opened the door for him to share Jesus. You know, Dude. so that's how that's how we re- use our resources to help the kingdom grow. And not mentioning, you know, all the training, man, we do at least at least four trainings a year to all our pastors. We have a seminary that do weekly classes. Uh, we have a seminary that through the seminary, we have this program called Mary Initiative that works specifically with women, uh, teaching women how, how to connect with women in their communities. And uh, we have the residency program that is to train new pastors and, you know, there's a lot of things that we try to do to get behind the needs of the of the local leaders so they they can do a good job in whatever they do.
0: That's awesome man. I love that example as a perfect example of of being a truly being a, a a missionary, you know, somebody that's coming into a place and looking to be a blessing and you never know what that, what that need's going to be in any pocket of, of uh relationship. That in. And it's going to be different, you know, from exactly what you're saying, like just half a mile down the street, they have running water, you know, so that's not a need half a mile down the street, but it is a need in that context. Right. And so it's going to be different in those different pockets. And, you know, we talk about it here. It's, um, you know, in a, in a city of six million people in the valley, uh, there's no way that that I, you know, one individual or one pastor could reach to could have any sort of reach to to that many people. But when you're starting to empower local leaders, when you start to equip people to be the church in their context they're the ones that are then looking at the needs and trying to meet those needs in those specific ways. That's awesome, you know, man. I love that.
1: Examples that I can think of. You know, last year with the pandemic, a lot of people lost their jobs in our communities. We decided as a church, hey, let's, let's, let's put together a bag of groceries that will fit a family of, of six for a week and give it out to those people that lost their jobs. That's something simple to do. But... For those people, it wasn't simple. For those people, it was God answering their prayers? There's like people crying and stuff because it's people in need, man. That, that you're connecting with. Uh, I was talking to some of our elders, and I'm like, man, every Sunday now that we reopen our church, every Sunday I see people that I never seen in my life, I and mean, it's because during the pandemic they knew that they have a church that cares, care for them. You know, mm. just today, just today, Adam. <laughs> This happened today, uh, April 22nd. I get a phone call. Um, this lady <clears throat> from our church runs into a girl. She's holding a baby. And she saw that the, 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 the girl that lives next to her house. She's, she she she's looked worried. So she asked, what happened? Where are you going? She said, oh, I'm just waiting for a taxi to pick me up because I got to take the baby to the hospital. Uh, he's not breathing very well. And she, you know, the lady from our church, she can tell that she was scared. So she's like, jump in the car. I'll take you to the hospital. During that ride to the hospital, she found out that during the pandemic, her, her husband worked in a resort and he got fired because of the pandemic. So they had to move to a different town. Now her husband is sick. Now the baby is sick. They get to the hospital. They realize that the, the baby, if they wouldn't be there, they, the baby will, will die because, you know, he's being really sick. But she, her husband is sick. She can't work because she had to take care of the baby. So we're, we're watching this situation happening today. And she's like, I want, I want the church to pray for my baby. I want to present this baby. To the church, you know, uh, we don't, we don't baptize babies because we, we, we know that what the Bible teaches about that. We present them to the Lord. We pray for them. So we're like, let's do that. You know, let's, let's put together something tonight in our church and you can bring your family. But guess what we're doing? We're doing that tonight because she asked the pastors Mm -hmm. to do that. We got like some of our people from our church to come and connect with them. You know, it might be connection a small group. But on top of all that, we're sending out messages and emails to people from our church like, hey, this is the size of diapers that that baby needs. This is the kind of milk that this baby drinks. Uh, So it's not just like, hey, Jesus loves you. Let's pray for your baby. But it's also like, okay, as a church, how can we help you with the needs of this kid, you know, just to show them what the church is about, you know.
0: That's awesome, man. That is such a good, you know, real life example and something that's so small. Uh, And I love how you put it too. just the fact that, you know, you could easily have just given her what she asked for. And that was praying for her baby. Like, and, and just said, no, that's good. What you're looking at is not just a spiritual need, but you're looking at, we talk about this a lot is meeting holistic needs. And so that's physical, that's emotional, that's spiritual, that's everything of who we are. And so you're seeing through the lens of how can we not just meet a spiritual need of praying for a baby, but what are the physical, emotional needs that we can come alongside and and that that you know that just speaks volumes to to what the gospel is. You know, the gospel is a holistic gospel, not just a, a compartmental. It doesn't, we don't just save. Uh, one of my buddies says it this way and it's kind of, it's kind of cheesy, but I like it. It's not just to save souls, it's to save holes. So we're, we're holistically being saved, not just solely being saved, uh, which that may be a better way of saying it, but you know, it's, (laughs) it's the truth is, is that it's, it's our whole person, right? It's our whole being, mind, body, soul, and strength. And, and that's a beautiful thing, dude. Um, as we wrap up i i know i know you got to get a go and so i want to make sure that uh we honor your time but also want to uh, just kind of some closing thoughts some some thoughts around what you're inspired by with this new kind of phase of ministry for you and what you're getting ready to to step into or what you're stepping into and then um and so just anything that comes to mind there but then also just a just a word of encouragement. If you can encourage our local leaders here, uh, as if, if you were sitting in front of us, just saying, "Hey, I want to encourage you." Almost thinking about your local leaders in the Dominican in mind. How, how would you encourage us uh, here in the valley, uh, specifically in an American context? You're not a, you're
1: not alone in
0: this fight.
1: You know, because the you know the Bible is clear. Our fight is 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 not with with people here. Is with you know Satan uh, and his angels. You know, like he's doing everything in his power to to keep us from doing what God has called us to do. You know, uh, the most beautiful thing in life is to know what you were born for, and when you find that purpose in life, you know. Uh, everything is just joy and yes the 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 hard times are going to come but when you have a family in Christ that that cares for you and loves you uh it's nothing more beautiful man than that to have the body of Christ around you when those times comes you know and I say when those times comes because the Bible says you know in this world you're going to have trouble but you know I'm trying to think about the American way of of translation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. You know? So those are words that I take for me in those moments of of hardship. And I want you guys to think about those. Um, What you are doing is not in vain. And sometimes we have the, the mentality like, oh man, I need to, because I used to do this before. I used to be like, Uh, When I was in youth group, I was like 14 years old. I used to come to my youth pastor and say, hey, man, um, you guys used to do drama ministry in the church. It was awesome. It's not happening anymore. You guys need to do it. Got to do it again. Pick it up because people love it. People used to love it. Like people used to come excited to see the dramas. And every Sunday I would come to the youth pastor and tell him that. You guys got to start it. You guys got to start it. It used to be awesome. And one day, the Lord put words in his mouth. And the youth pastor told me, I think God is calling you to do it. (laughs) And I was like shocked, you know, like I froze out. And he's like, yeah, I see that you have passion to do it. So I think you should do it, you know, if you need help. We're going to be here to help you, but I think God is calling you to lead that, that part of ministry in my church. And that's how I started doing ministry in our local church, through a drama ministry. And then from there, it went through a music ministry to a youth group ministry. And, you know, just seeing the needs, and in the past, I was expecting for other people to take care of it. But then I was like, the, the problem is that sometimes other people don't have the passion that God gave you. So that's something that we all as believers need to know. Like we are all missionaries in this world. So it's like pray and think about what are those things that God is putting in your heart. It's not for somebody else. You know, one day we're going to be in front of God's presence. We're going to be like, oh, Pastor Adam never did it. No, it's not Pastor Adam. It's not up to him. It's up to you. (laughs) That's the bad news that I have for you today. (laughs) If that makes any sense.
0: <laughs> oh, man, that makes, yeah, that makes perfect sense, man. And it, we talk about it from the Home Depot model. Home Depot says, you can do it and we can help. And you can build it, um, that type of mentality. And so, you know, we just want to, we, we've learned a lot. I've learned a lot from you, from Go Ministries, um, just the, the abundant generosity that Go has presented for, um, not just, not just the people in, you know, in the ministry in the, and on the island. Um, uh, but it's expanding all over and everybody that comes down on a trip, every time I've led a, a short term mission trip, um, people walk away mutually, there's mutual transformation that happens There people walk away transformed. They walk away with resources for their, for their own community and context, and so I'm just excited to start start doing some trips down the Dominican, getting uh, our people from the valley connected to to Go Ministries, and I'm excited for this partnership, man. I, I'm I'm so thrilled to be a partner of Go's, and uh, we're a family. You know, we're in this together, and and so I'm excited to see what that continues to look like as we continue to do this together, man.
1: Hey, and I hear. I heard you might be coming this summer, so make sure you don't come alone. Bring some people from the valley. I wanna, I wanna get to meet some of our brothers from the valley. Okay, make sure that happens.
0: Yes, we'll. uh, So we'll be, we'll be putting that out here soon. And uh, if you're, if you are listening and interested in coming down to the Dominican uh, Republic with me, um, I'll be leading those trips here through the summer and the fall. And and yeah, man, we're excited to continue to see uh, what God's doing and just be a part of, of what God's doing. And and man, it's been a blessing. Thank you for your time, bro. Really appreciate you. Appreciate your family appreciate the ministry that we're a part of, bro.
1: Thank you for everything that you do, man, for the kingdom. Uh, you know that we we love you and you are part of our family. All right, bro. Peace. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Life in Rhythm podcast. We are on mission to live freely and lightly with one another for the good of others. Peace.